Thank you for tuning into this episode of Think Back, Insights into Axial Spondyloarthritis. This podcast is sponsored by Novartis U.S. Medical Affairs. The speakers have been compensated for their time. This program is intended for healthcare professionals. Welcome to this episode of Think Back, Insights into Axial Spondyloarthritis podcast. I'm Dr. Steve Lee. I'm a practicing rheumatologist in Fontana, California. I have over 14 years of experience in rheumatology, and I graduated from the Western University of Health Sciences College of Osteopathic Medicine in 2002. And I am Dr. Robert Salas, a family physician practicing at Kaiser Permanente in Fontana, California for well over 20 years, where I serve as director of the Sports Medicine Fellowship I'm also a clinical professor of family medicine at the University of California Riverside School of Medicine. In addition, I'm a past president of the American College of Sports Medicine and currently chair Exercises Medicine, a global health initiative sponsored by the American College of Sports Medicine that was started in conjunction with the American Medical Association. This is a program designed to support physician prescribed exercise. And I am a strong advocate of the health benefits gained through physical activity and lecture and publish extensively in this area of sports and exercise medicine. Great, Bob. On today's episode of Think Back podcast, we'll be discussing differentiating inflammatory back pain and mechanical back pain in the context of axial spondyloarthritis or AXPA. Low back pain is highly prevalent in the United States. Around 30% of US adults reported experiencing low back pain in the past three months, according to the 2018 National Health Interview Survey. As our sports medicine specialist, Dr. Salas, could you describe the most common causes of back pain to our listeners? Yes, Steve, low back pain can come from many spinal structures. In my practice, the most common causes of low back pain include injuries, specifically musculoligamentous injuries, and age-related degenerative processes in the intervertebral discs and facet joints. Some common causes can also include a simple lumbar strain, degeneration of the spine, a herniated disc, spinal stenosis, spondylolisthesis, osteoporotic compression fractures, and spondylosis. Well, that's a great review. Why don't we first define inflammatory pain and mechanical back pain for our listeners. Mechanical back pain stems intrinsically from the spinal joints, in vertebral discs, or the soft tissues that surround these. Inflammatory back pain occurs due to the inflammation of the vertebrae, spinal joints, and the entheses. To help us differentiate mechanical from inflammatory low back pain, we will discuss two patient cases throughout this episode of Think Back. These cases are for illustrative purposes and are not actual patients from either of our practices. Steve, the first patient is Olivia, who is a 29-year-old female. She's an engineer who is physically active and frequently works out at her local gym. Over the past five months, she's been experiencing low back pain, which started after a sports-related injury. In the morning, she has mild stiffness, and because she has been finding that rest relieves her pain, She's been attending the gym less over the last few months. Non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs provide her with some relief, but she does not respond to them consistently. 
And our second patient, Sean, is a 35-year-old male. He works in the insurance industry and cycling is one of his main hobbies. Over the past four months, he's been experiencing chronic low back pain, which has been waking him up in the latter half of the night. His pain also develops while walking. And in the morning, he's been experiencing stiffness that lasts for about 45 minutes. He describes alternating buttock pain, which responds well to non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs and also improves with exercise. Steve, I think both of these patients likely sound familiar to our audience. For our primary care providers, what are some characteristics of inflammatory back pain that can help distinguish it from mechanical pain? Yeah, great question, Bob. I start by looking at the onset and characteristics of the pain. Onset of inflammatory back pain usually occurs at age 40 or younger, whereas mechanical back pain can occur at any age. The onset of inflammatory back pain is usually insidious and lasts at least four months, whereas the onset of mechanical back pain is typically more acute and more variable. Also, inflammatory back pain is characterized by alternating buttock pain and prolonged morning stiffness that occurs for more than 30 to 45 minutes, whereas presentation of mechanical back pain can be very variable. Thanks, those are all great things to remember. And do inflammatory back pain and mechanical back pain respond to treatment the same way? Another great question, Bob. Typically, inflammatory back pain has excellent response to non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, while this response is variable in mechanical back pain. Another sign of inflammatory back pain is that it improves with exercise and has no improvement with rest, while rest does help relieve mechanical back pain in general. You know, to help our listeners keep these criteria in mind, there is a helpful mnemonic. It's called the iPain mnemonic, which healthcare providers can use to help identify inflammatory back pain that requires further investigation. The I stands for insidious onset. The P stands for pain at night, which improves upon getting up. The A stands for age of onset, typically less than 40 years of age. The I stands for improvement with exercise while the N stands for no improvement with rest. If a patient presents with four or more of these parameters, their inflammatory back pain requires further investigation. Now that we've discussed the differences between inflammatory and mechanical back pain, let's return to Olivia and Sean's cases to see if we can identify what they're experiencing. Olivia meets only one of these criteria, that is age of onset, whereas Sean meets all of these criteria. According to our criteria, Sean should be referred for further testing of his back pain, whereas Olivia's pain seems to be mechanical and should be managed appropriately. I agree, Steve. Importantly, Sean's back pain is also more typical of inflammatory back pain, where he describes alternating buttock pain and nighttime awakening due to pain. Other inflammatory features that he displayed was that his back pain responded well to non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. What are some other features that are different between mechanical and inflammatory back pain? Another great question, Bob. Inflammatory markers are often elevated among individuals with inflammatory back pain. Additionally, patients with inflammatory back pain may occasionally have peripheral arthritis with asymmetric distribution. All important things to remember. 
You know, our patient, Sean, was referred for further investigation of his back pain. In this process, other features of AXPA were found. Sean was positive for human leukocyte antigen B27 or HLA B27, had an elevated CRP, bilateral sacroiliitis, dactylitis, and peripheral joint involvement. As you know, these are all features of AXPA. Absolutely, Bob. And noticing the inflammatory features of Sean's back pain was key for his eventual diagnosis with AXPA. This really brings home the message of why it's important for primary care providers to be on the lookout for inflammatory features of back pain. Thanks, Steve. Which information do you think is most important for primary care providers to keep in mind from today's Think Back podcast episode? One key message from today's episode of Think Back is that it is important to be on the lookout for inflammatory back pain in patients who are presenting with back pain. Chronic inflammatory back pain that lasts three months or longer is the key feature of AXPA. There's typically involvement of the sacroiliac joints and spine and possibly symptoms that occur in peripheral joints. Also, keep in mind that eye pain mnemonic as a useful tool to determine which patient's back pain requires further investigation. That's a great summary, Steve. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Think Back Insights into Axial Spondyloarthritis podcast. Other episodes of the Think Back podcast feature further information about AXPA, its features and symptoms, referral tools, diagnostic challenges, and sex differences.